0: Two, part of the Soundcasting Network. I got 99 episodes, but this show ain't one son. Episode 99 Grill, how long steak mister?
1: Five minutes, Chef.
0: I can't I can't hear you need to speak up, sir. Five minutes, Chef. Thank you, Grill Cook. God, there's two of you over there. That means it's done. Neither one of you can handle the callback. I am the host, the main host, the only host of this week's episode. My name is Bobby Stills. I am, uh, some people would call a chef, some people would call a line cook, elevated dish boy, whatever you want. I'm also a part-time rapper, as my man in studio can attest to. Uh, I have a special co-host today, Johnny Tsunami, That motherfucker got the week off. I don't know how one gets a week off from one of the United States most anticipated or uh, preached or written about restaurants in uh, Seattle, but uh, he just got a three-star review from the New York Times, June Baby, Eduardo Jordan, two James Beard Awards, going to Chicago, representing for Seattle, Washington. Johnny took off for a week and to San Francisco, California. So since he was gone, I brought in a buddy of mine uh, who also cooks. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi. Hi. My name's Brian. <laughs> but I, he's he's talking like that I, because he's monotone. It's not because I touched him and forced him to come here. But that's just how he talks.
1: No, I just like making food for people. Sometimes, <laughs> don't stop talking like a weirdo,
0: Keith, uh, the producer, dropping a ducer, uh risotto kid, uh, queef boogie. He is in the house right now. We're looking at him. What do you call those things, Keith? So uh, our, uh, our great and fine producer over there who's supposed to be listening to us and, and, and checking our levels right now is setting up toys on his counter. What do you call those things over there, Keith? Dunnies. Dunnies. Uh, I don't know what a dunny is. I, I think I do know what a dunny is. I've seen these things before, but uh, you have about how many, how many do I count on that desk over there? 30. This is why you no longer work in a kitchen. You're too busy dreaming. You're supposed to be watching the fucking the fries, but you're playing you're thinking about dunnies. What next dunny you're gonna get? Banging. Yeah, okay. All right. Brian Winkler, right? Yes, that that is my name. What's your what's your nickname? What's your kitchen name?
1: Uh um, actually from Idaho and you guys don't even know this. Everyone <laughs> called me Amos. <laughs> Where'd you get that nickname from? Uh, my brother wanted to be a dick to me when we were kids. Uh, you have he told, told me this story. He told all of his friends that I ate a whole entire box of Famous Famous Cookies from Costco. Fat boy. Nah, dude. I, I was just pissed off. I'm like, who the fuck ate all the fucking cookies? I have no <laughs> cookies for my lunch. And then my brother's like, you did. And then just like told all of his friends that. And then I'm that kind of guy that gets pissed off and like goes and gets his ass kicked, but then gets up to go get his ass kicked again. You're
0: fucking hard. You are hard-headed as fuck.
1: Yeah. No, I don't really learn. Uh, would you like to explain
0: to our audience your background in this wonderful industry that we call um, the back of the house?
1: I got started uh, at 16 doing sconing and salads for a pretty great restaurant in Sun Valley, Idaho called the Warm Springs Restaurant, no longer in existence. But then moved from there, just like making food, uh, sports bars, and different bars and whatnot, and pubs, and trying to work through college. Then I this got, is in Idaho, correct? Yeah, in Sun Valley. I got a random job one day doing vegan food at a raw vegan joint called Glow Cafe. Boo! Get the fuck
0: out right now. Stop the podcast. <laughs>
1: This is why, hey,
0: and and we're and gonna delve. Funny. We guys give him a chance. He cooks. He cooks well. I've worked with him numerous times, but we'll get delve more in his his vegan whole vegan thing in, uh, you in can, a minute.
1: You can get like you can get hybrid into it. The people are super into it. I, I don't really understand. Um, and also like it's, this is not a lie. Like women talk really, really fast when they're like raw vegan, like almost, <laughs> and they're like, almost, they like talk super fast. Like, Oh my God, I heard that today. And I couldn't believe that that happened today. Can I, you I, see that? I will
0: have to ask Hannah about this. She was raw vegan for a long time. So I wonder, if, I mean, or I'll the, ask her family about the, it. The
1: women that I say are super nice people, but they are like, they talk at like a million miles an hour. All
0: right. We'll get into that more. Keep going. So, yeah, so Glow, got you got a to Glow.
1: Um, worked there then I actually wanted to venture out and see if I was gonna be any good at this So then I got a call from a buddy over in Seattle He invited me to just uh, work at a barbecue joint and then we were gonna do like fine gourmet stuff at night Is this the man the myth the legend? It is the man the myth the Corey? legend. Corey? Corey Ott. What's his new restaurant? He's opening up over in Idaho. I don't know what they're gonna call it yet, but they're gonna be open soon They've over been in have fu- Valley. working on it for like two years now. No, no, it's been like five <laughs> It's a it's a work in progress. Uh, my friends, it's also another friend of mine. He's making a spot for like uh, his family. It's going to be there for years, so he wants it to be done right. He's not trying to do it fast. He's trying to make something to leave to his kid, make a family restaurant. that's going to be there for a while. I respect that. That's cool. It's going to take yeah a long time apparently, but food's not the problem. It's getting the restaurant opens. That's the problem. It's always the problem. Cooking's the easy part. Yeah. No. It's uh. So. Came over here, worked down, actually right down the street from where we're at now at Cask and Trotter for a little while, helped them open up. Whenever you open a spot, guess what? It's an, always a nightmare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I uh, just I, I was hanging out with uh, the new GM down at Cask and Trotter last weekend. She she just started there. Shout out Anya.
1: It's it's always fun. though. Know? It's always the experience that you're always going to remember because you're working with all these people that have no idea what they're doing at the same time and everybody's getting drunk. Just because the owners are happy if they have a great day, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, everybody job.
0: drink. Good job, good job, oh my, guys." Oh my god, we, we didn't have anybody walk lunch.
1: out. We had a great lunch today, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, that was not good at all." From there, you know, you, everybody's got to have extra jobs. You know, once so I started trying to move on, realized that we were not going to do the gourmet thing there because, dude, people like barbecue. Like, it's easy. You just throw it onto a plate.
0: They got some good brisket fries. Yeah, guess who came up with that. <laughs>
1: Actually, there's more Corey. The Winkler. Gotta give it. Gotta give that to Corey. The Winkler
0: Corey. came up with the brisket fries.
1: That is, a, is, is the poutine that they do there. The gravy and stuff. That's all Corey.
0: Yeah, that poutine's great. Yeah, he
1: took that. I don't know where he learned that one from. That was a good one. But yeah. Anyways, move from there on up to uh, just working next door to where I was living in Beltown doing the starting help. to starting with Corey again. We helped start Bearing the Bee. So any of you all been there? You know that it's it was good. Unfortunately, they shut their doors because they got bought out by a fucking orthodontist. It's
0: a high high end deli down in Belltown. That wasn't really next door that way. Well, yeah, that was next door to your building.
1: Yeah, no, Belltown, dude. That's when you start working over there. That's that that's the neighborhood. That's the block. That's the nail in the coffin. That's the block. Yeah, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, most people love it. Left there because I thought it'd be cool to maybe try to be a gourmet chef or work in a cool restaurant. <laughs> always, I always think it's gonna be great. It, it, it's, it's such a great idea. <laughs> no, I went. It's funny. I took some took a break because I spent two years there. And when you manage and you're and you're making all the food and it's a small joint, man, you're working a lot. And that was the idea of it. At the same time, like, it's cool to try to move to something else to not have a. That responsibility on your back all the time.
0: It's nice to just show up to work and just cook.
1: Yeah, it is, except uh I went to so my situation, and anyone can call me a bitch if they want to. I went and worked <laughs> at stateside. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, it was cool. I did grill for three
0: And you three chose months. Stateside. It's not like you were short jobs or whatever. You no. staged at a lot of places. I remember when you were.
1: I didn't, even, I didn't even have to. I actually looked, I made I looked up on my list, I'm poached. I went on poached and I uh, looked at a bunch of places and put down what was going to work for me. So I heard great things about stateside. I love Vietnamese food. I had two people tell me it was a a great experience working there. And to tell you the truth, it was a great experience, except it's four days straight of just nonstop getting your ass kicked. And at my spot, too, it's like it's just nonstop prep work, just nonstop while you're getting your ass kicked. And... That's cool. I just didn't have that background that everyone else did. So, people that went to school and do this shit, they still can't handle it. Yeah, but still. It's doing
0: two jobs at once with the still, same amount of time. So, you have eight, you have 8 to 10 hours to get to do your job which is cook food. You also have to get all of the prep done in that same amount of time. So,
1: Yeah, but when you're doing 240 covers a night too, then that means you're prepping from the night before for the next day.
0: Grow arms motherfucker, grow yeah. arms.
1: And then uh no, everyone that worked there is super nice. The front of the house staff was actually super nice and I'd never worked at a place where everybody was just nice to each other. At The same time when you're working like that, you got to break some of that stress off. You got to drink you start drinking that, with everybody. When, that's when
0: the heroin started, huh, Brian? No. Actually, this isn't a podcast, Brian. This is your intervention. Inter- Will you bring in Brian's parents, please. We flew them are in all the way. You kidding me? The- My <laughs> parents are worse than me. <laughs>
1: my dad got arrested for stealing a horse and carriage once. Keith isn't a producer. He's actually a doctor. He's here to take you to a rehab facility. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your dad got arrested for stealing a horse once?
1: Yeah, you better Tell me he it. was
0: butt naked and drunk.
1: No, but he probably was probably maybe close to it. I don't know. <laughs> we, we knew the cops in our town, so they like arrested him as like a joke, too. It's he, Idaho, man. He demanded to be arrested, and the cops obliged. <laughs> you will arrest me. Yeah, no, they did. He's like, I know my rights. <laughs> and they're all laughing at him and stuff, and... My mom's like, Jesus, you dumbass.
0: We gotta make sure to send this episode to your parents.
1: Oh, uh, that's that's a basically like a dinner story at every time we like meet somebody new. <laughs> hey bird, remember yeah, the time you got arrested? That's in some Idaho shit right there. <laughs> Get arrested for stealing a horse and buggy. So why did you leave stateside? You couldn't um, handle it. I, I no, Brian's an honest, straight up guy. He will not admit it. No, I was going to school. I started going to school full time again. And then I realized that I did not, like, the kids that I was working with cared a lot, and I did not. <laughs> I'm like, and you just want to, you don't want to let people down, but at the same time, you're just like, okay, I got to go. Like, this is this, this is not it. working, and all I'm doing is just being an asshole by saying I'm going to want to stay here when I totally don't want to stay here. Okay. Yeah. No, I got put on, I was going on a vacation. Chef put me on for, like, a week straight after I had already worked four days, and I'm like, A little notice would have been nice about that, and I was like, "No, that's you know that's doesn't work doesn't work for me. It's not happening. Ten hours a day for that would have been what twelve days straight or something like that. It happens. It does. But if you're gonna do that to me, just let me know. Yeah, a
0: little notice would be nice, Chef.
1: You look at the board. I'm like, it's like he wanted me to quit, and that's okay. He probably did. You're probably being a dickhead. I probably was, dude. I don't know. You get stressed out like, no, nah, actually, I'm, I'm like one of the nicest guys in the world. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Until you get fucking
0: so. busy and fucking somebody asks you a stupid question. And
1: everybody thinks so. I'm the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> out of the group. And then you find out like you get, don't have a job and then you have to go find your buddy Robbie all drunk <laughs> at the bar and be like, I need a job. <laughs> That's how you moved in. That's how you get a job at Honey Hole.
0: Yeah, that's so. You come to Honey Hole. You didn't, you didn't work
1: with me though. No, I just worked at night and I was cool with that because I could do my homework throughout the day and you work with people and I don't know why people even try to do gourmet jobs unless they're good. If yeah, you're not good, get out of the kitchen. Like that's not even. That shouldn't even be a saying.
0: Yeah, when I first started the podcast, I was at Honey Hole and I was a much happier human being, even though I didn't agree with some of the people at Honey Hole or some of the things Honey Hole did, which is totally fine. You don't have to be in an agreement. You just have to do your fucking job and that's all you show up to do. Uh, I love the job. I love the owners there. I love I love the work. I love the food. You make more money than when you work in a fucking gourmet kitchen.
1: These kids that have knife skills, they actually do have skills. I don't know if some of them have like chef skills, like making plates, but they got skills. And I'm making way more money an hour than they are. And, and not, I'm
0: less, I'm not sweating. I actually get my breaks. I get to eat a lunch. And when I walk out of there, I don't have nightmares about ticket machines. Yeah. So shout out to the Honey Hole. I'm glad I brought Brian up there. Brian, they were fucking all, wanting to suck my dick because I brought Brian up there. They were like, thank you, sir. And I was like, yeah, man, Brian's it's, a hard worker. It's work not here.
1: hard to work hard. It's just you come from places where you get you get all these breaks and stuff. We ain't got that in Idaho. <laughs> all
0: right. So then uh, Brian was at the Honey Hole, and then Brian, where did you go after that?
1: Um, After that, we came down, and I was working with Rob. We did a Jupiter. That's right. Brian helped me with the menu down there. Came up with some
0: of the concepts for the sandwiches and some of the recipes, and uh, he's still taking credit credit for it to this day.
1: Oh hell yeah, I am. You look on that menu. It's, those are my ideas put to life.
0: Yeah. he was uh, Brian came up to me one day and I told somebody. I told somebody he had overheard me say like, oh, yeah, me and my buddy Brian, we like came up with some of the... He was like, thanks, man. Thanks a lot. giving my recognition. And I was like, no, I'm not like all those other dick chefs who just go, uh, yeah, this is all buddy. me. I did all this by myself.
1: And I didn't really realize that too much was going on. Like at Stateside, it definitely is mostly a chef, but like it's those guys working together. There's a collection. There's a collective back no, there. No, we talked about it on the show. They're really smart guys. I, we talked really to about it on the sh- people.
0: Well, Johnny, you know, Johnny, his chef got, you know, two James Beard nominations, and it's mostly his concept and his ideas. But a lot of times they tell you to go make something, you make it, you turn it into a recipe, and he decides whether he wants to use it or not. But once they take it and they put their name on it, it becomes theirs. It becomes the restaurant, it becomes the owner of the restaurant's recipe. It's no longer yours. You created it while you're on there. You know, on the clock while they're paying you using their ingredients it is their recipe so well
1: no, that's okay but you could also go write a book and they could go fuck themselves that's right
0: go fuck themselves proper it's, you
1: can yeah no it's like literally you can't really plagiarize a, a recipe you could change like one half what one half gram of salt and it's a different, it's recipe. different recipe so you left you left jupiter because i was a dickhead correct no, I left because I'm trying to get a real job where like you can save Cook, money. You're trying to say, don't be dissing on our listeners, man. C-
0: cooking is a real job. It's a tough job. It's an honorable job. And you can go places cooking. You just did not want to stick it out. You didn't have the passion nor the drive. You are now in HR. Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> what is your
1: title? Where are uh, you working at? No, I'm not at? even in HR yet, dude. I'm just in promotions. I'm working like in the marketing department. <laughs> What's your title? Um, outreach associate. Outreach associates. Congratulations!
0: You seem a lot happier.
1: Well, uh, it's definitely easier. So, and I can like get schoolwork done too. So that's cool. All right, a couple of things that I wanted to talk
0: about with you. The reason why I had you up on the show is for a while you were you were selling vegan, gluten free desserts and stuff to people.
1: Yeah, I was trying to start a business doing that. And again, that was one of the reasons why Bear and the Bee didn't work out because we couldn't get other people in there and I was supposed to have more time with uh, the desserts and whatnot and just didn't have enough time to do it. Although it was a cool concept and nobody was really doing it either. But I had a couple cool things. I had a chocolate torte, uh, tiramisu, uh, cheesecake. And I made, like, I could make a bunch of different, of course, a bunch of different types of cheesecake. I made like a, a fun pepper. I made a peppermint one for Christmas, peppermint cheesecake. It was but, super but it's, good.
0: It's cheese. Or is this vegan? No, or no. Vegetarian? It's just
1: using. It's he's using. Everyone as he's using cashews and like nutritional yeast. Making that nut milk? No, <laughs> I don't <mean> use <laughs> nut milk. But yeah, no, nut milk's pretty good. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> so yeah, that didn't work out. No, I didn't. I've got still got the cool stuff for it though too. So
0: yeah. That's fun. Yeah, and Brian, get brought me a Vitamix like that. I couldn't talk my Jupiter to buying a Vitamix. They didn't even know what a Vitamix was. And then Brian just shows up one day. with The Vitamix is like, here, I brought this down for you guys. I was like, did what do we have? To, how do I have supposed to pay you for this? Because I don't
1: have any money. No, dude, it's one of those ones that just goes high and low. And unfortunately, the low is the high. <laughs> so you're sitting there covering it, hoping to Wee! God that soup doesn't splash you in the face. And sp- but
0: also, it doesn't. It hasn't overheated once yet. With a lot of my Vitamixes, overheat.
1: You know. Yeah, you got to be, I mean, you got to wa- wa- work the motor. Listen to the motor.
0: Work, work the motor.
1: No, when you're making desserts and stuff and using those things all the time, that's what you learn. You got to listen to the motor. Listen a- to it.
0: Any future plans on starting that company back up? Or are you just like freelancing? Or are you just doing it at home? I know you do a lot of home cooking.
1: No, I just cook at home. Fun stuff. You know, I've got, it's, it's. I still have a bunch of fun recipes that I came up with, which is cool because I mean, the fun part about doing vegan stuff is it tasted like shit. So it's my job to make it taste good. And without anyone being... I had no one to teach me, so you you teach yourself at that point. You do some research. You start trying to read about different flavor profiles as far as trying to hit, like, if something's from India... Trying to make it know uh, taste Indian, <laughs> or something's Moroccan. Trying to make it taste Moroccan, and you have to do research. Yes, you do. You got to read. You don't try to make
0: it taste like what you tasted at the Moroccan restaurant.
1: No, you can't do it like them. You can't
0: me. do it like them. You don't have the same ingredients. You don't have the, you know, proper background. So you have to do your research and figure out, you know, what what you can use.
1: So that's the fun part, and you getting you can get weird. I made, like, a crab cake with, and I made, like, a fun horseradish sauce for it. I but I used all vegan ingredients, and, like, I had, like, chefs from California that come up and do this whole, like, bullshit tasting thing. and some, It's just an excuse for them to bullshit go to Sun Valley. Bullshit tasting? What's well, an excuse for them to, like, go to Sun Valley and have, like, a vacation in October. But they're like, fuck, that's really good. That's one of the best things I've ever had at a vegan place. And, dude, these are dudes from L.A. Vegan, they love that shit down there.
0: You got people from L.A. going to visit Idaho?
1: The only people that visit Sun Valley are from L.A., San Francisco, and Seattle. (laughs) We all leave to move here. It's a resort town. We all leave to move here, and then they all leave Seattle to move there, or L.A. or San Francisco. But yeah, it's a big resort town. Everything's based off of tourism, so when you come here, you find out that you're a lot better than everybody else at making food because you give a shit about the actual customer. Because if you're not making food and the customer likes it in Sun Valley you do not survive you need to have good service you need to have good food or people aren't going to come in well people here don't give a fuck and then you close they yeah it's a city people, they
0: treat people like shit
1: yeah it's a city so well a lot of kids just don't give a shit yeah me included well sometimes come on
0: <laughs> I do give a fuck Brian I, I do, do. alright grill how longs steak mister Oh, like 10 minutes, maybe? 10 minutes. Can Next time, can you, can you give me a call? Give me exact. That, about the fucking attitude? How about Give me that? exact. All right. We're going to move on to a couple topics. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations to my friend, Andy Janowski. Um, she is a local chef here. She's supposed to be on the show months and months and months ago because she is uh, opening a food truck. But we all know how food trucks and or restaurants, uh, how they get down. So it been about three months since she was supposed to have it open, but she is finally opening up on the 20th of March. She's going to be at Danny Park. Uh, once she gets our other permits squared away, she's going to migrate to 9th and Westlake. Uh, she is featured in this month's Seattle Met because she is making a breakfast food truck. She applied for a permit to start serving food at 6 a.m. So the... People were like, "Who the fuck starts running a food truck at 6 a.m.?" And my sh- uh, friend Chef Andy decided she's going to go ahead and try to throw the city a curveball and start serving uh, breakfast out of a food truck, which doesn't happens very doesn't happen very often. Uh, the name of the truck is Sunny Up, and uh, she is featuring all sandwiches. Like inspired by powerful women. A couple of the sandwiches names are the Ruth Bacon Ginsburg. Uh also the Frida Avocalo.
1: <laughs> I'm loving this idea, dude. You go to you know you go to the Fremont Market on the weekend. I just went to this thing. It's lit. Yeah, but there's no breakfast food. And they're like, come for brunch. And it's just like the same old there's a couple cool food trucks. And then there's not. There's like nothing.
0: She's got another one called the Nina Smoked Salamone.
1: (laughs) Salamone. Yeah.
0: Uh, Andy's great. I'm going to have her on the show. I might bring her business partner and partner up here. Uh, She wants to come up. She's just been super busy. She was one of my old chefs and she was previously working uh, with uh, Chef Amy Boumier, So shout out her, congratulations. Uh, Next up, I brought Brian up here, and he's always bitching about this, and he knows a little bit more about this because he does his research. Uh, Congress actually entered, put their opinion out about the tip pooling debate. Uh, This comes from poachjobs.com. And uh, March 6th and 7th, the United States House of Representatives, uh, they heard testimony from both sides uh, about the proposed changes to rules governing tip pooling. Uh, the hearings led to the introduction of legislation to ban tip pooling, blocking changes to current regulations. Brian, what do you got to say about this?
1: This is just a bunch of government assholes swinging their dicks at each other. Even the women, dude, are just fucking throwing their dicks right whoa, now in people's is, faces. Whoa, 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 man. Whoa. No, exactly. This is a states' rights issue. This doesn't have to do anything That's fucked Congress. up. That's the, I don't agree with that. I do. It's a state's right issue. So because you're
0: stuck living in Texas and you have a shitty paying job and you're stuck,
1: you can't afford to move, you deserve to have your tips taken away from you? No. And that's the problem is everyone thinks that tips are being taken away. I don't think tips are being taken away too often. There definitely should be a law that just says, hey, uh, you know, management and owners, they don't get to have your tips. That's easy.
0: Well, see, that that's not fair because, like, you know, under the laws right now, management's not supposed to make any tips.
1: Yeah, and I don't agree with that. that they're working a regular I, I, shift, too. Exactly. So that's, that's, They could be the best server in the place, man. They that's should get right. their money.
0: And it's not a black and white issue, and that's the problem. They're always trying
1: to look at it as black and white. Yeah. Um, that's where we agree. I'm just saying that that's why... I'm not saying because of Texas. I'm just saying that we have a different economy in Washington, Oregon has a different economy than Texas. Right now, our minimum wage, because of our minimum wage, you can't write the law just one way. Each state should have to decide their own law because like us, a, a bartender and a front of the house person, like there's a great, I read this thing, there's a great comment on there. This guy said it all. He's like, Washington, Oregon, basic base price for anybody, everybody gets paid minimum wage like 11 bucks an hour if you're a bartender server. Plus tips. So that means that person and where we worked at could be making like $40 an hour while your most skilled people and the people are putting out your stuff are getting, you know, 13, 15, which, hey, that's great. But your front of the house staff who comes in and literally does no back breaking work, has no responsibilities to make sure that the food is safe to eat. They don't have to have any education, any knife skills. Any of the things that you are required to have to work in the And bag. they're terrible at their job. Sometimes. Say, hey, stateside, the waiters and waitresses I worked with there were wonderful. They were really good at their jobs. But I'm talking about sandwich places. Honey hole. You do not need to be good at being a server. You need to flip your tables and make your money. Which they're not good at that. Yeah, but flipping tables is based off of how fast the food comes out. Not how fast you can go back and half the time, if you do not even grabbing it either, then that, that, you're not even part of that flipping situation.
0: Well, so the Department of Labor is trying to overturn the Obama era regulation. You have to, the tips that are tipped to you are supposed to be yours. You're not supposed to share them with anybody. You can voluntarily share them with other people. but a lot of people are saying that that's not fair. And the reason why that they made this law an error is it, it actively removed uh, like any room for potential wage theft. By your management and/or the owners, so the public's reaction uh, to the rule change um, has hasn't been positive since 2011. So on March 6th, the Labor Secretary, uh, his name is Alexander Acosta, he testified on the matter, um, and he's trying to lay the groundwork for a new. A new legislation, uh, something different within the same kind of means. But like we said, it's it's not really a black and white issue. He says, quote, I fully support a, a provision uh, saying that the establishment should not be permitted to keep any portion of your tip. So his idea of sharing tips, but ban employers from uh, and managers from confiscating your tips themselves, it's like an amendment to the legislation. So I don't have, really see any problem with that.
1: No, that's the one that's good. But then if you read further... You read that some assholes are like, no, no. We got to make this law. Like, nobody needs to share anything. And it's like, dude, do you guys even work in a restaurant? Like, And it, I, that's my problem is these guys. Are I don't think,
0: think it's coming from guy. people that work in the restaurant. Industry. No,
1: it's, it's the loud noises that people are making. Loud noises, loud noises! are just like... People saying that uh, managers and owners are stealing our tips. Where I have been doing this since I was 20 in tip places, and I have never seen owners take anybody's tips. Not that people you, would know that you, about that, and that they you, wouldn't work there anymore. Not that you caught. No, not that. I've caught. The only thing I've <laughs> caught is my manager changing my hours. That's the only thing I've ever caught somebody you doing. Sue those motherfuckers! Nah, dude, they apologized. I was I was upset, but you know, I made sure that they knew that I was super pissed off. I got I got one on my
0: phone today where I I, I think an employee's hours is wrong, but I would never dare. Change it without speaking to them and speaking to my a management above me. I oh. have, but I have evidence of it. Uh, yeah. He knows who he is. If you're yeah. listening to this,
1: but that's what I mean. I agree that they, they made somebody goes out there and says that they could steal your wages. So then they want to make a law just saying this, and it's like, no, man. The issue here is traditionally, and where I come from in Idaho, everybody shares everything, and they do get paid less an hour, but they also spread the love, and those places work better. And also like part of the law is like uh, you read like the definition of it is if you regularly serving, have any interaction with the service of a to a customer, then you are a front of the house service employee or you can be considered that by definition. So really, all you got to do is just bring out a plate of food to a customer, serve them water or something like that. Or bust their table, and you should be considered for those wages. A, a tipped employee. Yeah, but no business thinks like that. No. They're thinking, well, no, the the front of the house, we can't say anything. We can, <laughs> we're going to get sued. I'm like, no, that's not how you solve a problem.
0: Well, the thing about this uh, this. Bill that they're talking about overturning, they're not really trying to overturn it. They're trying to add amendments to it, which actually create makes it a new bill. Who knows if I? I don't know if the votes. I don't think anybody really in Congress cares too much about this issue um, to change it. We don't know. It's too early to tell if the bill is going to move through forward uh, in the through the House and then into the Senate. But it's definitely something that affects um, our. Uh, my business, at least. Brian's no longer in it. But uh, we talk about it frequently on the here on the show. I want to get Brian's opinion on it. And any final yep. words on this subject, Brian?
1: No, it's just like, so Trump wants to roll back Obama's era, so every or his stuff, like in all of his executive orders. And so people got pissed off because Trump did it, even though this is actually the right thing to do. Take it back and then amend, yeah. the bi- amend it. But you had to rewrite the bill. Yeah, amend it, and then... All of a sudden, they actually did something bipartisan. No, nah, that's but, not that's no, not gonna happen. That, that's what I mean. Not, they're, they're not every, gonna work together. Everybody's pissed off, and now they're like, "No, we need to go to the farthest left of it." It's and not say gonna there's happen. No tip pulling at all allowed for anybody.
0: But I mean, at least at least the conversation got started. You yeah. know, which was, I I think because we had a meeting when we worked at Honey Hole, we all had to sit down and we got talked about a talking to the lawyer. Had spoke with the owners, and they explained it to us and said, "This is what's happening. This is the law." This is how it's gonna go down. Which from now
1: they on. actually didn't explain all that either. No, I don't think they knew what the no. fuck was going actually, on. Actually, employees can all come together and agree to do a tip pooling. That is not illegal at all. But
0: didn't by the end, didn't by the end, the some of the employees up there, didn't they start just fucking dicking the kitchen over?
1: Um, it happened at the start, and then in the middle, it was okay. Then they start hiring new people that would totally do that, and I'd be like, motherfucker, the only reason. That you make those tips is because I put out sandwiches faster than the next guy. There's the only reason because you can flip your tables faster. And They're not tipping you on your good service. They're tipping you two to three bucks because you gave them a drink and a sandwich, and they got out of there. And then the next person came in and did the same thing. Well, shout out to all my front of the house people. I love you, but I also hate you. you know? Actually, like I I loved all of them. There's one girl that was just not really appreciative, and I, I don't saw- remember her name, so I don't really care because she was just she'd come back and order like stuff at like. 15 minutes before you close, you know, like, hey, no, don't, don't do that. Dude, I'm about to roundhouse kick my owner, man. He, I call last call
0: for employee food an hour before we close. <laughs> after an hour, after I ask, I'm not serving you any food if you're an employee. But yeah, my owner, 10 minutes till the kitchen's about to close. Everything is cleaned up, wiped down. He wants to come back and go, oh, can you make me sandwich." I go, man, get the fuck out of here. And he's my homie, so I can say, go fuck yourself. But I end up making him a sandwich anyway because I love him. And he's usually had, he's trying to feed his lady friend at home. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap up the show with one more story. It comes from the tasting table. Uh, I saw this art this uh, piece come out probably about, three weeks ago and I'm not sure how I feel about this I'm going to get Keith's opinion I think Keith is actually the one that brought this story to my attention uh, Brian is right up on it the title of the article is called Here's Why You Should Stop Using Kosher Salt Is our reliance on this commercialized mass produced product misguided
1: Keith Go fuck yourself, it's tasty <laughs> What's your opinion? Real salt costs a shitload of money, so if you want to pay more for food, I guess uh, go ahead, but there's really not that big of a difference in the taste. Salt tastes like salt.
0: The fact of the matter, when it gets down to it, is there is not enough natural salt in this world to supply the demand or the needs of the people, so you have to have some kind of alternative, and kosher salt is going to be that alternative, so it's a necessary means to justify the
1: people. How how much Himalayan salt do you think they can get? Those things are covered <laughs> by snow like all the time. You can't get that much Himalayan salt. And plus, you got That's those things are really high up there. You gotta go up to get that salt. <laughs> And it's pink. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so this article basically, a, a guy went to a leisurely brunch at Portland's Urban Farmer, and there's a guy there who's a how do we pronounce this a sommelier? Sommelier. Uh,
1: sommelier, isn't it's a sommelier not, like it's a the It's not a sommelier.
0: It's a <laughs> sommelier, which is a salt expert. His name is Mark Bitterman, and that's a
1: great name for a salt expert. He said, He's just, just being bitter in everybody's faces, too. To
0: quote him, he told this guy that wrote the article that kosher salt is a blight. He says he doesn't know why anybody would use it. And he, homeboy eating, was like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? And he wants to go ahead and, and throw the, the, Organic ethos up in people's face. Everybody bitches about having like cage free, uh, organic, um, chemical free, G- non GMO, all this stuff. But yet they have no problem throwing salt this mass-produced, chemically-enhanced salt on top of their food. The big big chemical companies are the ones that make this salt, and they use the lowest quality ingredients and chemicals to produce this salt. So he doesn't understand why everybody would spend all this money on this really nice, grass-fed, cage-free, organic, non-GMO food, and then go ahead and cover it in this fucking chemically produced, uh, high level sodium uh, bullshit salt.
1: I mean, salt is sodium, dude. So yeah, that, that's what it is. Yeah. No, it's a. It's actually an understandable point. I mean, when you're doing yeah, this comes from the vegan world. When you're doing stuff like uh, cleansing, if you read about cleansing and whatnot, you're not supposed to use any of that kosher salt. You have to use real salt. It can be ionized sea salt, Himalayan sea salt, but you got to use real salt and so that's obviously it's because it's better for the body but I mean I don't know as far as cooking goes and mass production like is how much it would cost to get a steak but you use Himalayan sea salt on it Dude, I don't know. That's probably I like I like the shit. Oh, I love the shit. Florida
0: salt. I mean, come on, man. And Jacobson Sea Salt. We're gonna have that guy on the show soon too. I was in talks with him for a while. He said he'd love to come to the show, but he's making good salt products down in Oregon, and it's great. The shit is fucking so expensive though. There's no way. And now there is some restaurants. There's some Michelin rated restaurants in the United States that that's all they use. I'm sure it makes the food taste delicious. But is there really that big of a difference? Can you taste it, you know, in the food, in the cooking, finishing salt? There's a big difference with finishing salt. Yes, it's beautiful. And when that salt hits your tongue and it dissolves in your tongue, it's a distinct flavor. But when you're dissolving salt in a sauce, it that using those thick chunks of salt or grinding them down, it's going to it's not going to taste the same when you taste it. And then the salt, and then the the dish sits there, the salt's gonna displace differently because the grains, it's not as coarse. The, the, the finishing
1: salt just gives you that salty blast you need sometimes just to cut through everything. I'll it's give also, you a salty blast, Opie. <laughs> uh, that sounds so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you think about it, dude. It, it's also blast. why we get, me and Robbie got, here's a story for you. We got kind of mad at this dude because he kept fucking putting salt on everything. Like, oh, this that, could be a good that's idea. That's Keith's boy. Scared this, could be, this could be a good thing. You know, maybe people stop throwing fucking salt on everything that doesn't need it.
0: Yeah. I, I, the, yeah, salt it pepper, makes you look
1: cool if you're Jeff, dude, it you gotta looks hold, so cool gotta, by holding salt, your fingers up. Like Salt
0: Bay. Salt yeah. Bay. Diamond Crystal, which is a large uh, uh, salt company, uh, they their salt clocks in at about ninety nine point eight three percent sodium chloride. Uh, natural occurring salts come out anywhere between ninety five and ninety seven percent sodium chloride. So there's not really that big of a difference. No,
1: uh, dude I think the Mormons are just hoarding it because they're smart. They know that <laughs> this is going to catch on, and they've got a shitload of that salt. I mean, yeah, they're holding on to. It.
0: I mean, salt is Mormons are good at business, dude. I mean, in the future. I mean, I could eat food without salt, but after the apocalypse or the zombie apocalypse, you know, who really fucking cares about salt at the end of the I day? I shook my head.
1: You, you got to have salt. <laughs> just Just people, unfortunately, people that smoke too much, you guys put too much salt on shit. Yeah, Stop I Stop pu- smoking so much.
0: Plus, I, I also to say, plus I'm a smoker. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I, I, I don't think it makes really that big of a difference. Um, there's some chefs that uh, really only try to use organic or um, like handmade salt. Uh, one restaurant says it, it buys about 30 pounds of Florida salt every week uh, that he uses as a restaurant. There's not very many restaurants that could do that and and actually make money. It's just not going to happen.
1: No, and then the other t- the other thing though is also everybody has to buy that same salt. You know, I bought different salt before, and then I'm like, oh, shit. but you go into every restaurant, they all have that that kosher salt sitting up there, so everybody thinks that's what you have to use. When it's like, hey, maybe try something different. Any final words, Keith? Salt is good. Yes. All right, I'd like to thank Salty
0: I'd bit. like to thank Brian Winkler for being our special guest host for episode 99 of Grow How Long Steak Mister Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. I'd the la- fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, Wayne Gretzky does not suck.
0: Oh, uh, all right. So, Brian, do you want to shout out any of your social medias? I don't have social media because I just
1: like taking pictures on my Instagram. He mostly just takes pictures of his dog. Do you want to shout out your Instagram? You might get some followers. Uh, it's actually Finer Thing C. <laughs> That's C-S-E-A. Yeah, dude, my name of my company was called the Finer Things LLC. I bet you it fucking was. Yeah, dude, Steve Winwood.
0: Uh, if you want to visit me on social media, you can see me at Bobby Stills on Instagram. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody that started following me. And I love all you chefs out there. As you can tell, I'm not a big foodie, frou-frou, badass chef because I'm not my uh, Instagram photos aren't of me in a fucking uh, striped apron and a white chef's coat with holding my knives and shit. It's mostly me doing weird artsy bullshit. Yeah, thanks for following me, you guys. If you want to see Johnny on Instagram, he's going to be at Johnny Tsunami. If you want to visit our Grow How Long Steak Mr. page on Instagram, it's at Grow How Long Steak Mr. Facebook, it's going to be Grow How Steak Mr. Twitter's going to be at How Long Steak Mr. Uh, email us with any questions, comments, show topics you'd like to hear at grill how long steak mister that's mr mr at gmail.com and uh check out some of the other uh, podcasts on the soundcasting network uh you can go to soundcastingnetwork.com uh and uh yeah look in
1: the look in the description thanks for having me guys i hope i didn't piss y'all off grill how
0: long steak mister
1: five minutes out eat a dick bitch